0: Welcome to Grace Harvest Church's weekly podcast. For more information about Grace Harvest Church, or to find out more about something you hear during the podcast, visit us online at graceharvestchurch.org. Now listen in and allow God to speak to you through this week's message. I don't really have a sermon for you today. You know, every once in a while you almost have to do like a state of the church address, right? And I, we just felt that we needed to bring you up to speed on some things that are coming. But as I do that today, I'm going to weave some Scripture into it, and I'm hoping I can keep Jesus central to everything we share with you. What I have to share with you today is exciting. We're calling it looking forward. And I, I want to share with you about some things to come this year, in the weeks and the months ahead, and then look a little bit over the horizon a little further down the road, and talk about some of the things that are maybe a few years up the road, but that God is doing and working in our midst. So before I, I, I get into kind of the nitty-gritty, I would like to uh, share a couple of Scripture texts with you that are very familiar, and um, they would be Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, and the ESV, and uh, the modern English version. The ESV says this, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. The modern English version says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but happy is he who keeps the teaching. I've come to learn in my own life that when I lose vision, my vision is really connected to hope. And when I lose a sense of vision about where my life is going and what the potential of life can be in God that uh, I get really disoriented. Now, I'm not talking about some kind of phony vision where you just sit down and come up with you know ideas of what you want to do. I'm not talking about the, the corporate world coming up with just a mission statement, though we have a vision mission statement. I'm not talking about those kinds of things. I'm talking about living with a sense of where God is leading you, being aware that your life is under the cover and the protection and the connection and the direction of God, that God is taking you somewhere, that you're not random. That life isn't meaningless. That you're not just kind of going along, doing your own thing, hoping God will bless it, but you're living with an awareness, I'm going somewhere in life. God's leading me. God's for me. Do you believe that? How many of you believe God is for you? He's on your side. Now, Now, some of you are like, well, you don't know me. That's true. I don't know you, but, but let me just say this. Even if you don't know him today, you're here and you're getting an opportunity to hear this message. And, and I want you to know God knows you. He knows right where you are, right where you live. He knows every circumstance of your life. And his desire is that you would align your life with him because you were created for a purpose bigger than you and your 401k, your retirement plans, and what you think you're going to do in your career or even your marriage and your family. That's it's all part of something that's big, but it's much bigger than you. Much bigger than you. Now we have a vision statement, and I'm going to put it up here on the screen. It's very simple. It has three elements, but it's simply this. Will you read this out loud with me? Together we will worship God, serve our city, and make disciples. Seems really simple. Three elements, the worship of God, the serving of our city, and the making of disciples. But each part of that vision has a number of elements to it. It's in depth. To worship God means that we're a people who are vertical, right? We, we realize that one of the main reasons we exist is to make a big deal about God. We, we want to start in the right place, right? The, the Bible tells us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. So that's one commandment with two sides, vertical and horizontal. We're created by God to start with the vertical. We're created as worshipers. Every person in this room, you've been hardwired by God to worship. You've been created to worship. Even if you don't believe in God, you're worshiping someone or something. It's just a reality. We're created. There's something in our DNA as human beings that is made to worship. That's why we love to give our affection to something or someone, once again, whether it's our bank account, our self, our sexuality, whatever it may be in this culture, power, position, privilege, we all worship something, but we're created to worship. And we hope when people are a part of our church that they'll get aligned and they'll get their worship right. Jesus said that the Father is seeking those who will worship Him in spirit and truth. So God's seeking. Did you know that? God's out seeking worshipers. He's, you might say, well, that means He's kind of full of Himself. Well, let me tell you this. God alone is the only being that can be full of Himself, and it's okay. It's not selfish. See, God is fully aware that He's awesome, Right? And His greatness is what we need to even live, right? So we're created by Him to to worship Him. We're created to serve our city. And our city is more than just Moses Lake. It's wherever God takes us, wherever He takes us, whether it's on a foreign mission field or across the street to your neighbor or to your workplace. God's created you to serve. You know, in our world... We seek to, to get people to serve us. Part of the, the, I guess you could say, the ladder of the corporate world, the ladder of power is that you get in a position where others are beneath you and they serve you. But in God's kingdom, we, we invert it. The great ones in the kingdom of God are servants. Jesus said, if you're going to be great in my kingdom, you're going to be the servant of all. Right? So greatness was redefined. And then he said this, the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. So we see the very nature of Jesus is to serve, and He calls His people to serve, and so He's given us a city. I I learned something years ago. We can talk all day long about what we believe. We can tell people all day about the gospel. We can tell people... That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through Him, and we can yell really loud and have great arguments, and we can study all of our apologetics and know how to debate and overcome arguments, and when it's all said and done, many times it's ineffective. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be able to communicate the gospel and shouldn't be able to defend what we believe, but I've learned something. If you serve people, if you love people, if you lay down your life for the sake of another, Something happens. Their heart begins to open up. I love what John Maxwell said years ago. We were at a leadership conference, and he said, People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It sounds a little cliche, but think about it. Something happens to the human heart when people serve you right? When you experience good service, you go to a restaurant, you go to the store, when somebody smiles and they're kind to you and they're, they're really waiting on you hand and foot and they're there to meet your needs and, you, you know, that you, you experience that with them. When you're done with that kind of an experience, what do you want to do? You want to take out the tips and you want to start giving them more than you had initially thought you would give them. Why? Because you're responding to something in the human heart that when the human heart experiences service, it wants to give back. And so we're called as a church to serve our city. And that's why we're involved in the number of places that you are. And to make disciples. What's a disciple? An apprentice, a follower, someone who's out to copy Jesus. Right? So we want to make, help make people become Jesus copycats. I'm want a church full of little Jesuses. And some of you' are like, "That's blasphemy. No, it's not. Christians, right? We have the spirit of Christ within us, the Holy Spirit within us, and we are the letters of God written on human hearts. Was it Gandhi that said, "I love your Jesus, but I don't like your Christians?" Right? He, he saw a contradiction. And so... We need some disciples that are followers of Jesus and look like him and are are true apprentices, right? And we're all on a journey there. Some of us are so broken and so messed up, it's going to take us a while. But you keep getting up, okay? You fall down, you get right back up. You fall down, you get right back up. And let me tell you where you run. You run to the cross. You run to the mercy and the love of God because he's there and his mercies are new every morning. Is this making sense, anybody? Now, listen, I've already kind of covered this, but... As a church, we exist, and we gather, and we exist for three reasons. And if you're taking notes, you can write these down. Most of you are not taking notes, so it's okay. We exist to exalt, to edify, and to evangelize. To exalt, to edify, and evangelize. What, what do I mean by exalt? We gather to exalt God. We've been talking about that in worship. We gather to lift Him up with our praise, our adoration, and our worship. We gather to make a big deal about God because He's worth it. He's worthy. God's worthy, amen? That's why sometimes Raul or myself or Drew will get up here and we'll exhort you. That means to prod you on, to encourage you, to worship God, to get your eyes off yourself, to get out of your own little bubble, to put your eyes vertical and look on the one who is beautiful, look on the one who is wonderful, look on the one who is powerful, look on the one who is amazing. If you look on him a little bit, gaze on him and behold him a little bit, your perspective will change and that's what we're called to do. And then to edify. That means to build each other up and help each other uh, through teaching and prayer, ministry, mutual encouragement, preaching the word. We gather to support one another. We gather to say, You can do it. Don't give up. Come on. I'm with you. Others are with you. And we gather to evangelize. That means to tell people the good news about Jesus. And in that process, say, People made right with God. See, people come to Jesus Christ. That's why we live, that's why we gather, that's why we exist. And in order for those things to happen, um, there are things that we do. There are things that we engage in. And what I want to share with you today is some things that are happening and some things that will be happening to kind of bring focus to those. So the first thing is, looking forward to right now, what's happening in our immediate, God's up to some great things. And this is what I want to say, we're growing right now. Have you noticed? Church, have you noticed we're growing? People are coming to faith in Jesus on a regular basis. They're recommitting their lives. They're getting healed, helped, counseled. They're coming home. Two weeks ago, we had the largest Sunday we've ever had in our church history outside of Easter Sunday. A lot of you maybe didn't realize that. That was two Sundays ago. The largest we've ever had. So far, just this year, and it's and it's not just the attendance, it's the changed lives, but so far, just this year, our attendance is up 13%. Now we're averaging like... Fifty-three more people on a Sunday, every Sunday. Now, again, I, I, numbers for numbers' sake, man, I don't want anything to do with that. But the thing that's exciting is the stories that I'm getting back that people are being impacted by the gospel. They're being impacted in the midst of worship, stories where people are being touched right as they worship God in their bodies, or they're, getting, they're hearing from the Holy Spirit about things that they're facing right now. That's encouraging. That's what it's about. We're getting aligned. We're getting the right people in the right places. We've added new members, new volunteers, new helpers. I think we had a total of about 65 new volunteers in the last month, in the month of January. To me, that was like, come on! The more people in the game, the better, right? Many hands make light work, and all those other weird cliches. (laughs) And we're helping people become disciples. Thursday night, a number of people are attending our disciple classes. And we're doing a marriage class right now. Peggy and I are almost done with it. And we're just we're seeing people, you know, like us, people whose lights are coming on, people who are getting stuff smoked out, but they're they're committing themselves to the process and they're not giving up. And we have a lot of couples going through it and and I've had so many of them come to me and say, I needed this. We needed this. Thank God right? They're getting help. We're seeing people grow in their knowledge of the Bible and the Christian faith and the other classes that are going on. New believers are getting a foundation. Newly recommitted people are getting a foundation. In the months ahead, we're going to be continuing a number of classes, a number of tracks. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts. We may get into a class on the Enneagram or your personality type, uh, books of the Bible, things like prayer. Uh, spiritual gifts and prophecy. We're going to be getting into some of those kinds of classes, so keep your eyes and your ears open for the disciple classes so you can grow in your walk with Jesus. We're reaching and discipling children and youth. Noah's not here today because he he got uh, food poisoning last night. Come on, everybody, just together. Let's groan together. But I asked him to write something for me, just a quick synopsis of what's going on in youth, and this is what he put. What a great year for the youth ministry so far. People are getting saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and discipled. After coming back from the youth conferences, a word came to my mind, the word depth. This depth can be understood as I've watched young people and leaders grow in Jesus. There's a new sense of deepening maturity, understanding, and purpose and calling in the young people's lives. The students' faith is becoming their own faith, and Jesus is becoming their everything. It's an exciting time as the Holy Spirit is active in the lives of our youth. Jesus is on the move. That's encouraging. I noticed uh, from the conferences that they went to that lives were really, really impacted with the good news and the gospel. And there's something fun about watching, you know, a 1,000 or two or 3,000 other young people all worship God and being able to be a part of that, know that you're part of something bigger than just you and your local church. And then our Harvest Kids Church, Cyrus and Reagan took over in October. They've been leading for several months. The Kids Church is growing. More people are volunteering, and God's at work in our children and in our volunteers. And if, you, if you've stepped up and you're helping out with children's ministry, I just want to commend you. I salute you in the name of the Lord. Amen? How, who, who's helping out in children's ministry right now? Raise your hand for a minute. Keep it up. Okay, look around. All right, let's give, let's give it up. Come on. In the back there. Thank you. We're serving our city. Many people in this congregation just volunteered down at the warming center. Our church committed to a week at the Warming Center. The Warming Center is a place for homeless people to come each night uh, up through the end of of February, and they begin it in early December. So from December to the end of February, homeless people in Moses Lake, believe it or not, there's a lot of homeless people in Moses Lake. I I would say they probably average somewhere between about 25 and 40 a night. Can you think about that? During the cold time of the year, and people show up there, we had volunteers that brought food and and, and helped to take care of them. Sonia really helped us. Thank you, Sonia, and Rhea, Donna Willis, Vera, and the number of people here that volunteered. We had people that volunteered multiple nights. Now, it starts at 8 p.m., and it goes to 6 a.m. The first shift is 8 to 1 a.m., the second is 1 to 6 a.m., and we had people that showed up all throughout the week, some that showed up more than one night, missed sleep so they could serve the least of these, the homeless, the broken. We sat there, uh, Peggy and I were there one night, and we sat and talked with about... Four, I, I talk about four different people. She talked with some people as well. And I, I, I have to tell you, I was blown away by the stories of tragedy. Because a lot of times we look at where someone's out and we make judgments. Ah, they're just lazy. They don't want to work. I know some of us think that way. But then you hear the backstory, story and you're like, oh, okay. I heard four stories tonight. Every story, the, the brokenness in their life was precipitated by a family tragedy that was horrific. One guy told me he was junior in high school. He was a standout athlete from a good, strong family, doing really well. Healthy family, and his, died, his dad got Hantavirus and died within a day. As a junior, and something happened in his family. His family fractured. His mom went off the deep end. His brothers went off the deep end, and everybody fractured, and they went different directions. And he found himself as a senior in high school with no place to go, and he. What did he do? He got in with the wrong group of people. He started doing meth. Before you know it, he broke into a house, had a robbery, went to prison for it. And he's dealing with the after effects of his felony and being a stupid teenager who got into the wrong stuff because of a tragedy that came into his life. And I sat there and listened to him and I thought, you know what? Without God's intervention, that's me. That's me. There's no difference between me and him at all. Right? It was powerful. We're serving our city in, in a number of areas. We, uh, we support Serve Moses Lake, which takes care of the poor in our city, the, the people in need. We su- support Crossroads Resource Pregnancy Center um, for people who are battling with the what do I do with an unwanted pregnancy. right? We offer um, support in that area. For Youth Dynamics, that reaches at risk youth downtown uh, on a monthly basis, we have volunteers that serve in those ministries. We're, we're serving our city, we're involved. Now, a little closer, some, things, some other things that are happening. Uh, this next Friday, Pastor Raul and Jim Sperry leave to go to Nicaragua. Yeah, and they're going to see how our church family can get more involved in impacting that nation. <clears throat> we need to pray for them, amen? Now, we're not going to see Raul, so somebody move over toward Raul real quick and put their hand on his shoulder, if you would. All right, and let's just pray for them. Father, we pray for Pastor Raul and Jim Sperry. As they leave to go to Nicaragua this week, we pray that we've already prayed over them and to send them, but Lord, we pray that you would provide every need for them and you would use them. Lord, I ask you to give Raul great discernment and insight about how we can get involved, and I pray you would use him in a powerful way to encourage pastors and leaders and the people of God up there in the mountains of Nicaragua. Thank you for it, Lord. Use him and send him, anoint him and empower him. In your name, Jesus. Amen. We have Easter Sunday coming up. You still with me here? Okay. Now, let me tell you why this is exciting. This year, Easter Sunday for us is our greatest opportunity to reach new people, and we're going to be adding a third service. And you're like, whoa. Last year, we were full in our two services. Believe it or not, in two services, we packed 614 people into this building, right? Right? So we know we can't do that again, so we're going to do three services, 8.30, 10, and 11.30. Okay, now, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Will you please not all show up at the 10 o'clock? I know that's what some of you are thinking right now. You targeted it already. If everybody shows up at the 10, right? Well, some of you will, but just some of you, think about 8.30 or 11.30, all right? All right. Yeah, so we're going to be providing some invitations for you to hand out to friends, neighbors, family, co-workers in a couple of weeks, and we're going to celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ conquered death, yeah. sin, hell, right, the grave, He conquered it all. And He, as we sang this morning, He'll conquer those graves in our life. Amen. And then after that, how many of you remember the road that we did last year? You remember that? The week before Easter, we had worship and prayer here every night. Do you remember that? From 7 to 8, and then on Friday, we worshiped a little bit longer. Well, we're going to do the same thing this year, except we're going to do it after Easter. So we're going to start on Monday, and we're going to end Thursday night. So here's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be down here from 7 to 8 each night, except for Thursday night. We're going to go longer. We're going to extend it. And we're going to give ourselves to fasting, asking people to consider doing a Daniel fast. You're like, what's a Daniel fast? Look it up. Uh, Google, right? but not right now. Okay. All right. So we're going to be doing a Daniel fast and then we're going to gather together April 2nd through the 5th, Monday through Friday, excuse me, Monday through Thursday. And we're going to worship every night and pray every night for our city, pray for our world, pray for our community, for our schools, for our police department. We're going to pray that God will awaken and revive our city. And last year we were focused on the road to Jesus' death This year, we're going to focus on the road after His resurrection. After Jesus, it's interesting. Jesus took a road to the cross, the Via Dolorosa, and there He died. And after He rose from the dead, He took a road called Emmaus. And on the road to Emmaus, He had an encounter with a couple of disciples. And using the theme of Emmaus, we're going to talk about Jesus' resurrection. We're going to worship and pray each night. And the themes will be around the resurrection, the Spirit's power, reaching our world, the new life we have in Jesus, and seeing our community touch. So we're inviting you to come. One hour, we're committed, except for the last night, we're committed. So if you're concerned, bring your kids with you, we, like we did last year. Every night the place was full, people were worshiping and praying, it was awesome, and our youth are going to be involved with this, so come on down each night, and uh, we'll, we'll spend that week on the road, worshiping and praying. Oh, here's another one, 30 Years of Grace. We're going to celebrate, yeah, I know it's hard to believe, we're going to celebrate our 30th anniversary on the weekend of May the 19th and 20th. Saturday, we're going to have a block party out here in the parking lot with uh, food and fun, maybe a cook-off, some bouncy houses, some games. It'll be a great time for the whole family out here. We'll have some tents, for people to sit under, and then Sunday, we're going to do a service to Commemorate and remember the goodness of God. You'll see some great slideshows of me with hair. It'll be really good. Uh, yeah. Back when I was a youth pastor, when we were a young, newly married couple with babies. And yeah, that'll be, that'll be a great time. Uh, and then Sunday night, we're going to have just... Well, I don't even know what to call it. We're just going to have a Holy Spirit, have your way, worship gathering... My dad, who founded the church, is going to be here. I'm inviting all my family. I'm inviting my pastor friends and their families. We're inviting people in the community, and we're just saying, come on out. We're going to pack this place out on Sunday night. We're going to worship the Lord and wait on the Holy Spirit, hear hear from Him, see what He does. So I want to encourage you to come celebrate with us, 30 years of grace. Now, a little bit further up the road, what are some things going on? You still with me? Okay, so... Uh, We got some guys that just came back from the Philippines, right? And um, where's Nick at? Nick's right over there. Nick Pearson, David Hubbard's in California. They went to the Philippines to kind of spy out the land. They went there to do a fact-gathering trip to determine the needs of the children's home we support. We support a children's home with around 30 or so children, between 20 and 30 children that um, some would call orphans, others are just children that have been abandoned or their parents can't afford to raise them. And we've been doing that for 19 years, almost 20 years, supporting that home. And uh, they're gonna be going there to take a team. We don't know when, soon, hopefully soon, but they're gonna be taking a team to repair and replace the roof that's at the chapel at the children's home. It's in a bad, bad way, believe you me. They estimate the project will cost about $18,000. So if any of you have a little bit of extra money, like 18 grand sitting around, and you're like, I don't know what to do with this money, it's burning a hole in my pocket, here you go. Take care of a children's home in the Philippines, put a roof on it, and, um, and th- th- they're going to be doing that. So uh, they're going to be recruiting those some people in our church that are um, in construction and putting together a small team, what, maybe five or six people at the most, or four or five? Don't... Big, question Big question mark at this point. They're going to be putting together a team and going over there. And uh, repairing and and replacing the roof. So that's coming up. Uh, We always do a back to school event around here in the fall, or actually end of the summer in August, for Serve Moses Lake. Uh, Every August, our church partners with a number of other churches in the community to serve all of the public schools in Moses Lake. We help make it possible for children from low income homes to have backpacks full of school supplies and other necessities. We partner with, this year, we partner personally, and we have in the past few years with Moses Lake Christian Church, and we serve Endeavor School. The event will be, I think, August 25th. We'll give you more details uh, to come. And we just want to bless our children and serve our city and make a difference right where the nitty-gritty is, right? Right where it counts. So uh, there's that. And then fall of 2018, here's a big one. We're thinking about adding a potential third service gathering in the fall. So Please pray with us about adding a third gathering in the fall. Uh, We're having space issues on Sunday, especially um, when it comes to our children's ministry and our nursery. So our nursery and our children's ministry, we have Sundays where it's like they have no place to go, right? And if you've been around our building, you know we don't have a lot of space. So we're thinking about going to a third service. We're praying about when that will happen. We're even considering the potential of a Saturday night gathering. Maybe like a Saturday night at 6 or something like that, and that'll help us reach people that aren't able to make it on Sunday because of shift work or whatever, so we're thinking about doing that. It's going to take more volunteers, more work. It's going to really need to be a God thing, but we, we have to make room, right? We have to make room for people, and so we're asking you to be praying with us about it. We want to do it well. We want to make sure we have enough volunteers, and I'm praying that all of us will open up our hearts for that growth, the growth of new people. Can you make room in your heart for a few more people in your life? Okay. Um, I'm going to be going and, and inviting some of you that really feel the Lord's in it to do it. I'm going to be going to Zimbabwe again around October, early November. I'll be joining another MFI, that's the organization we're a part of, Ministers Fellowship International. I'll be joining another pastor. And we're going to go to Zimbabwe and do the MFI Zimbabwe conference, minister in a number of churches, schools, and at conferences. And we'll be going again at the end of October, mid, mid to end of October, early November. I'll uh, be doing that. Also, um, we're going to be doing some, uh, potentially this year or early next year, we're not sure when yet, but doing some building modifications around here on our nursery and children's classrooms for expansion to do some things to expand both the nursery and the children's classroom. So please pray for wisdom and the finances to do everything that we need to do so we can make room for our, our children uh, and they can have a better setup. Now, looking forward even further, and this is, some of you have been wondering about this, and I'm going to take a drink here. <clears throat> Many of you have been wondering about our building project our new building on the 14 and a half acres of land we own. If you didn't know that, if you're new here, if you go up Division Street to the top of the hill, on the left-hand side, the corner of Division and Jones, there's a beautiful piece of land there. If you go up Division Street, there's the Mormon Stake Center, then there's some homes, and then there's a big open field to the left. And that field looks all the way to Mount Rainier. That property, that 14 and a half acres, is ours. We own it. We own it free and clear. We own this property free and clear. Yeah? The Lord's been really good to us, and um, it's, it's a great place to grow for future generations. It's, it's, it's something that's in our heart to do for the generations to come. And uh, in the last 10 years, through two different campaigns, and we've backed off talking about it, but in the last 10 years, we've raised about $844,000. Somebody go, wow. Yeah. People have given sacrificially in two different campaigns where we raised the funds, we have an amazingly generous church. Uh, we paid off, with, with that money, we paid off both properties and we put in some sidewalks required by the city, some underground electrical, uh, and we've done a number of other things, including the floor plan, the design, the architectural things on that building, the engineering, some of which we'll have to go back to the drawing board with. Our total project will likely be in the 3 to $3.5 million range. The auditorium will seat somewhere between 600 and 650 people and we'll have plenty of space for children and youth. Currently, we have a really good portfolio to get construction loans for the building, except for two things. Okay, so the banks say, we like what you own, we like what you have in the bank, we like your portfolio. There's there's two things that are not adequate. To the bank, it's really just one thing. And that is that you don't have enough margin in your monthly income over expenses to show us that you can pay a mortgage payment right? And so the only way you take care of that as a church is you grow. So this is what we've decided. Our goal, and we've been here for a long time, but our goal is not building a new building. I just want to say that. Our goal is not to build a new building. We don't believe in build it and they will come. We believe, it, we believe in they will come, so you build it. You see the difference, right? So, so our, our view is growing a healthy church, reaching more people, making disciples, seeing people come to Jesus, and coming to the point to where we have to build because it's our only next step, right? So if it means we go to three or four services and we're bursting out of the seams and that puts us in the place financially where we can move forward, that's when we'll move forward. We want to do it when it's obvious. And so be praying with us that the Lord will give us wisdom as to timing. We just want to see as many people come to Jesus as can come to Jesus And be a good steward of what we have. And if we're a good steward, the Scripture says, if you're faithful in little, He'll make you ruler over much. So we want to be faithful with what He's given us, and then when it's time, move in that direction. So we haven't forgot. We haven't, you know, said that's not happening. We just kind of learned some things through delay, delay which tears out your heart. (laughs) So. Um, So I want to end really quickly here with a Scripture text. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 20. And I want you to see this. And and here's the basic idea, looking forward. If we go and do, He'll back us up. If we go and do, He'll back us up. Look at Mark 16, 15 through 20. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's died on the cross, risen from the dead. He's appeared to His disciples. He's on the Mount of Olives. He's doing what's known as the Great Commission. He's telling them to go out into the world. And this is what he says. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. By the way, this serpents thing doesn't mean you have a church of snake handlers. If you read the book of Acts later, Paul took up a serpent, it bit him, and he didn't die, and it was a sign, and an entire tribe of people came to the Lord. So it was for the purpose of furthering the gospel. Let us not tempt God. Okay, let me move on. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Notice, this follows those who believe. And then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven And sat at the right hand of God. Look at what it says, verse 20. Then they went forth and preached everywhere, proclaimed, the Lord working with them. I love this. And confirming the word through the accompanying signs. And then I love how Mark ends Amen. Amen. So, just a couple of thoughts. Jesus has called his people to go and proclaim good news. Do you believe that? wherever and when we when we talk about go it doesn't mean you have to go to the other side of the world it means wherever you go your workplace your neighborhood you look for those opportunities you proclaim good news jesus has promised that signs would accompany our faith he said we'd have power over sickness and that's not just for pastors or apostles or evangelists or prophets that's believers Did you read it there? That's believers. Did you know you can have power in your life to pray for a sick person, to help somebody get free from demonic presence? As a Christian, you have that power. You have the Holy Spirit in you, right? And um, that they would have that power and they would have signs to demonstrate the power of Jesus and His resurrection. And I I like what Kenneth Hagin once said. He said, these signs would be the dinner bell calling people to follow Jesus and believe in Him. So when people are touched, they see God's real, right? And then it says of them, they went forth and they proclaimed everywhere. So what did they do? Jesus said, this is what believers are going to do. And they simply said, oh, really? Yes, sir, we'll do it. And they went out and they did what they were told. And what do you know? The last part of the verse says, he worked with his people and confirmed his word with signs. When we go out into our world with the intention of obeying Jesus, he's promised to work with us and confirm his message. He wants people to know him and trust him. He's promised to back us up if we'll trust him and obey him. The reason that God has never used some of us for a miracle in someone's life is because we haven't just done what he said, right? We haven't taken the risk. We're afraid we're going to be rejected. We haven't gone out and told somebody about Jesus. We haven't asked a sick person out there if we can pray for them. You might be surprised. One of these times you'll pray for somebody and they'll actually get touched by God and healed. Right? And you'll be like, wow, the Bible's true. What do you know? It wasn't just written for people 20 centuries ago. Verse 20 says, And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying sign. So, I shared that text and those thoughts because of this. I wanted you to see what God is doing. We have a vision. And I wanted you to see some of the things that are happening right now, and some of the things that are going to be happening in the short term, and some of some, some of our longer-term goals. We're not just um, showing up and, and having worship services. We have a, a purpose. We have a reason for our existence as a church family. Amen? Amen? And I wanted, to, I wanted to show you that when we do that, when we obey and we do what we're called to do, God backs us. And I, I believe that we got some great, great years ahead of us as a church. You know, um, maybe you're just checking us out today. Maybe you're a guest here and you're checking us out at the invitation of someone and you're looking for a good church. I, I can tell you this. There are several very good, many good churches in Moses Lake. And there may be a church where you fit better. I don't know. But I I can tell you this with confidence. We don't have our act together. We have lots of flaws. We're imperfect. But this is a great church. It's It's a healthy church full of people that are all over the spectrum on their journey of faith. Some people that are just starting and some people that have done it a long time but you can fit here. You can be a part here. And if you're new here, this is great because you had an opportunity to see where we're going and what we're about. So we would like to invite you to be a part with us and journey with us and uh, see our city and our region and the nations impacted with the good news of who Jesus is. Amen? Come on, join us, be a part. Right? We'll open up our heart and welcome you in.